Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. Hey. How's it going? It's great. I love Fridays. Fridays are the best. They are. It's my favorite. I think we'll definitely have to continue this post-Enneagram. 100%. It's so fun to sit down with our friends and talk to them about like how they view things. You know, I mean, we nerd out on the Enneagram anyway. Right. But to see it through their lens is really fun. Yeah. I. It's just a totally different perspective that I wasn't prepared for. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but wasn't quite ready for. So I'm definitely excited to see how we round out the gut and we head into the head yes and go into the heart after that it's gonna be a blast it is today's guest is a special one for you for me (laughs) (laughs) we've got type eight and we've got my husband welcome brayden thanks even though we told you that you had to be here yeah it, um, it wasn't an option. That's yeah. fine. We apologize. There's no choices. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, do you just want to go ahead and jump right into give yeah. a little brief synopsis of the eight? Of program? course. So, you know, we've talked about each type. Uh, you know, the Enneagram has nine different types. And as Alex already said, they're in like three different triads is what they're called. And we have the head, which we went over first. And now we're moving into... No, we did the gut first. Yeah, we did the gut first. And then we're moving now into the head. And then we'll move into the heart. Those are the different triads. And so Brayden is a type 8, which is known as the challenger. And they are typically people who want to stand up for themselves and for others. They don't want to be controlled. Um, And so that is going to be interesting to see things through his lens tonight. So just jumping in, um, we'll just ask you the first question here, which is what makes you feel like you are too much and not enough? Um, I don't know that I really have the answer for the first part. I don't think I'm too much. Um, <laughs> That's an answer. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, maybe, I guess, with like my hobbies or I guess what I'm interested in, I hyperfixate on hobbies a bunch. And so I think that's maybe the only way I'm too much. Um, not enough. I don't know. Uh, I would say probably in what I do, like as far as with my time, um, I could, I could maximize my time better. Um, there's definitely stretches where I just, I, I, I know I need to do stuff and I don't because I don't feel like doing it. Um, and that's probably the, I guess I'm not enough in that way. Hmm. It's like you procrastinate on things that like you don't want to do. Yes. Hmm. As a type eight, what makes you feel like the most misunderstood? Hmm. Um, well, I know that you know this. We've <laughs> talked about it. Um, I like to get mad at stuff. It doesn't mean that... I'm mad or angry or when I stay mad, but I need to get mad and then let out all my anger and then I'm fine after that. Um, I'm not going to stay mad or, well, sometimes I do throw a fit, but it's it's a deserved fit and I don't know. 
like with a trash can the other day. I just wanted to rip the door in half and break it, but after that, I was fine. Mm -hmm. I'll have to fix it later, but that's probably the most misunderstood, I would say. As, like, just as an eight, like, the anger side. Yeah, just because I'm mad doesn't mean I'm angry, and that's weird because they're synonyms, but, like, I, I can act mad and not feel angry or hatred because that calms me down. I think I kind of get it. It's like, um, that's how you release the emotion. Yes. Mm. Okay. And as a, as twos, that's like, it's red flag central. Right. Um, because alert, 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 alert. <laughs> literally, <laughs> truly. And that was something I was like in our marriage and dating we struggled with because I was like, as a two, anger is a non, it's not an emotion you're allowed to have. And so it took us, the Enneagram really saved us. We have it, but we hide it. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Uh, It's definitely there. there. But um, that, the Enneagram really saved our, not that we were on the verge of a breakup or anything, but it saved my understanding of who he was and vice versa. Um, in that regard, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Well, I kind of have a follow-up question to that. Yeah. Is that what are the things in the world as a type eight that make you the most angry? Things or people not working like they should. If it's designed to work away, it should work that way all the time. People should follow a basic set of principles and stick to that. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's very infuriating when people or things don't live up to their expectation. Mm. Um, not that anything or person has to be perfect all the time, but but you should there, return your a grocery card. Standard, yeah, yes, yes. Can I say that? All? People that don't return their <laughs> grocery cart should be hit in the knees with cinder blocks. <laughs> That is the bare minimum, is putting yes. your cart back. And if you're thinking that that wasn't a very nice thing that he said, I know, Brayden, and that was a nice version of what he really thinks should happen to you if you don't return your shopping cart. Very, very true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we talk a lot about the unhealthy and healthy sides of the eight. Mm. Where do you feel like in your realm right now, which we haven't really talked about with our other types Mm-mm. too much, where do you feel like right now? Unhealthy, not necessarily meaning a bad thing, and healthy, not necessarily meaning a good thing. Where do you kind of feel like you're fitting in? I'd probably say right in the middle. Um, I think kind of the healthy aspect. I have both the healthy and the unhealthy aspect. It's not a it's not a blanket kind of broad statement. Um, for the healthy side, like. Um, I think I can relate to people and um, take up for other people, but on the unhealthy side, I, I just don't want to do stuff. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, and I'll find every excuse to put it off. And then that just kind of snowballs into, like, doing nothing ever and laziness, which isn't good, because then it doesn't make you feel good. Like, I want to do stuff, because um, I like doing things and creating and fixing things, but... When you feel that way, do you like withdraw to yourself? Like when you're when you're kind of feeling fed up and you know, you don't want to do this stuff and it's just kind of piling up. Is is that kind of a way that you cope? Do you like withdraw? 
Yeah. Um, withdraw to whatever. Um, social media, doom scrolling, video games, mm-hmm. uh, going an entire day with never having silence. Like I always have AirPods in every second of the day. And then that 30-minute gap when they have to charge in the middle is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to have some some noise to keep me preoccupied. I like that you're talking about that because that's something we haven't talked about with our mm-hmm. listeners at all is that people get confused with wings yeah. because they're like, but I, I feel like I have some traits of this number that's way off here, right. right? And what you're experiencing is where your personality goes in stress versus where it goes in security. Okay, so like the healthier you are as an eight, you move more to the the um, beautiful qualities of a two, which are helpfulness and um, like generosity, generosity and, and companionship. Mm-hmm. Right, when you're stressed and you just described it beautifully, you move into the unhealthy aspects of a five, which are withdraw, avoid. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And people can get confused, I think, and I guess we can take a second to explain yeah. it, is that your wings are numbers that are on either side of your number. So for Braden being an eight, his wings would be a seven or a nine. Mm-hmm. They can only be to either side of you. But why you might think you have attributes of other types is because... If you're stressed, you'll take on certain aspects of a type. And if you're feeling secure and healthy, you take on aspects of another type as well. Right. And those wings are, you can fluctuate. You don't necessarily, I mean, we talk, like, I feel like I'm a really strong, like, two wing two, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which isn't a thing. I'm a two wing three, but um, there are days where I feel more two wing. Mm -hmm. My one really comes out a little bit. And for you, I feel like, Brayden, like, the nine is really strong in that lethargic, just kind of wanting to cover under a blanket and hide from the world a and, little bit. You know, it's funny with the two wing two, because you were, you were a very, very true two. <laughs> but you, you say that like on different days, right? You can be two wing one more, mm-hmm. two wing three more. For me, I think it depends on situation. Yeah. So for me, it's situational. I mean, I two wing three hard when I'm hosting people in my house and, you know, we're hosting an event or whatever. I mean, you see it. You see it yeah. come out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hostess with the mostest, right? But there are times that the judgmental aspects of that one wing, they come out. So, um. You want to go with uh, the next yeah. question? As a type 8, what makes you feel the most seen, loved, slash loved? Hmm. As the challenger. I don't know. That's a difficult question. Probably the work that I do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that people are inherently only valuable for what they can produce. But I like making stuff and doing things. And when that is noticed, it feels good. Um, yeah, that's probably the most, that's probably the biggest thing right now that I can think of is like, I did this cool thing. Like, I want you to think it's cool too. Because um, if you're like, oh, that's, that's, 
that's nice, whatever. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the day. I'm done. Mm. I'm going away. <laughs> do you feel like that has, like, from, like, the eight side, a lot to do with, like, your desire to help the underdog? Underdog. What do you mean? Like, you in those moments when you, like, desire just to be loved, like, for the things you're doing for that person, like, or the thing you created for that person... Do you feel like that kind of is a little bit of a shadow of, like, maybe your desire when you're, like, that aid is healthy to, like, protect the underdog? I don't know if that makes sense. It does in my brain. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, it's still kind of, um, like, a service. Because mm-hmm. I don't... I guess I would only want someone to acknowledge what I do if it's for them. Like, if I'm doing it for mm-hmm. myself, I don't really care what you think. It's not for you. Right. Um, and I shouldn't have to be like, oh my gosh, good job, you brushed your teeth today. I don't... <laughs> but if you, if you took the time to be like, hey, I made this for you, or I know that you appreciate this, so like I went out and found it for you, I think that um, recognition. So yeah, I would... I guess that you could do kind of make that um, distinction between an underdog and... Okay. Yeah. I get that. It's like if it's something that you put your effort and energy into to do that thing or to create that thing or whatever, that's like when you, someone appreciates that and really understands it and is thankful for it, that makes you feel loved. Yeah. Um... Oh, this is a tough question. I don't know why. I mean, at the end of the day, like, if with all of your friends and the people in your life, like, if you sat down at the end of the day and you're like, man, I feel really good, like, what would that, how would that feeling come about from your friends? Maybe also quality time. Like, I don't... I'm a social person, and if I like the people, I can hang out with them all day, all weekend. doesn't matter, but um, it has to be with people that I know and people that I enjoy spending time with. Um, so probably quality time as well, mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't... I try to spend the least amount of time possible with people I don't like. I'm sure everyone does. But it's to the point, like, subconsciously, if I don't like you, I will not look at you. I know that I do it because there's people at work that I do it to. And I try not to do it because I'm sure it's obvious, but... You know, it's it's funny hearing you talk about this because, like, I can... Just from an outside kind of perspective, like, being in our friendship group, I can kind of see, like, kind of when you light up and it kind of looks like you would be feeling loved and seen. It's kind of like... um especially when you're presenting like a new game to us on game night, you're like, if we pay attention and we get it and we get as excited and into the game as you do, it seems to really light you up. And so I feel like that's probably a way you feel loved, like by your friend group anyway, is what it seems because you've taken the time to research it and Mm -hmm. learn it and then try to teach it to us. And we try to learn. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely that. I know, I know that I am not a good verbal teacher i can write really good instructions um but instructions already come with the game but Mm -hmm. if i can if i pick out a game that i think everyone's gonna like and i spend the time to do that 
um, that that is probably one of the biggest things. And then on the other side, like if I'm like I'm I'm going through all the the steps and everything, and I see someone on their phone, like I also like at the same time I want to leave and then also snap their phone in half. It's it's the anger of the eight. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, but like even we bought a new game. It was everybody. People are shocked at how expensive board games can be. I've come to find out. Um, and we all chipped in. And like your biggest fear was that it wouldn't be worth all of the like time you spent picking out a game that would fit everybody in our group. You were taking, okay, this person really doesn't like lying. They don't, you know, like being put on the spot. This person is like, you were really trying to find all of everybody's icks about this social deduction game. And you went out of your way to find a game that fit all of the icks that everyone had. And your fear was like, oh my gosh, I really want everyone to like this game as much as I'm hoping. And it took several gameplays for everybody to kind of get on board and that, those in-between moments you were like yeah and I think that game in particular because um, most of the games we have um, like we buy ourselves I buy them because that's what I enjoy and it's fun and mm-hmm. if I bring it to game night and no one likes it like oh that's unfortunate um, but it's fine I'll play it by myself but this was this was one that we had to play with the full group um because it's a it's a five to 20 player and everyone had like pitched in money so there was a lot riding on it and the way the game works is you have to have one person running it i knew i was going to be that person running it at least at the beginning and so yeah there was a lot of pressure but that payoff of like okay everyone likes it they they see the different things that i spent hours and hours researching um and like those great games when they come together and it's super close, like it's such a big payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wanted to highlight that just because we have talked a lot about the like anger, yeah, like side of the eight, which is a pre- is a predominant part for you where that eight comes in, but that's like a subtle way of showing kind of that looking out for the underdog. A lot of the times we see that as mm-hmm. oh that homeless man on the side of the road that's the underdog, which yes. Um, but even the underdog in a board game, like you're looking out for them too. Um, so on that threshold, what's your favorite mm-hmm. thing about being an eight? Because from my perspective, that was my least, this is my least favorite, which is ironic because I'm married to one type of the Enneagram. What is your favorite part of it? Being the eight. Uh, I would probably say seeing through like people's deception or want kind of that whole like guilt tripping thing um i don't really care i don't get affected by that if if you need help i'll help you but you're not going to try to guilt me into doing something mm-hmm. i'm not going to do it if i don't want to mm-hmm. um and i say don't want to do i want to come over and you know help a friend paint a house no, but I care about them, and I would do it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we balance each other out really well. Mm-hmm. I want to help people all the time in every way possible, every shape, form, regardless of how it affects me. And you're like, hey, do they really deserve your help? Do they really, really deserve your time? Right. And it's mm-hmm. um, deserve is a interesting word. Um, I would say, is that person willing to help themselves first? Are mm-hmm. they going to you because it's easy or do they truly need your help? Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is um, incompetence or just people asking you to do things that they could easily do. Mm. Um, and that kind of contradicts like helping other people, but there's a difference between someone truly needing your help and showing up when it matters and just, I don't want to do this. Will you do it for me? Mm-hmm. That's good. That was really good. So the question that we end with is just kind of a fun one. Is that if there's, there's a plate in the middle of the floor, why are you picking it up? What type of plate is it? Does it matter? Doesn't. Plates don't go on the floor. They shouldn't be there. Pick it up and put it away. Um, if it's at someone's house, like, you, I'm sure it was there on accident. You don't want someone to step on it. Um, but, yeah, or, I don't know. I would also, this isn't your question, but I also kind of put this as the shopping cart thing. No, you put it away because it's the right thing to do. It's not, no one's going to get mad if you step over the plate or the shopping cart or whatever. But you know what you should do. So do it. I like it. So do it. Yes. I love that. So, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, obviously, the eight tonight. And you brought out a good point is that a lot of times that anger is the dominant thing that is known and seen about the eights. You know, one of the important things that you know, I kind of want to highlight is that a lot of times, you know, that anger is used in a positive way, um, you know, in, in order to stand up for oneself and stand up for other people who cannot have a voice or use their voice. And I've even seen you kind of do this in social situations. I don't even know if you realize it or not, but in social situations where it kind of feels like one person's being singled out, you usually say something to like, make them not feel so alone. Um, and eights are really good about that. Um, and so I guess we just want to encourage you that if you are an eight or, you know, an eight in your life, um, dig a little deeper into where those feelings come from and, and mm-hmm. what they are and know that you are vital to um, your social circle and to work and, and anything else that you do because you really do give voices to those who either don't have them or don't know how to use theirs yet. So know that you are not too much. Not too much. You are not too little. Not too little. You are just enough. Just enough. <laughs>